where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Bonnie D. in the house. I never remember whether I said this is the future or this is the past. I'm just going to say we're going into the future now. Getting a lot of Zoom flicker here, but we're happy to be on. This is the the age of Zoom outages and of all kinds of freezing and frozing, and we're doing the best we can. Happy to be. Everybody wave hello again. We have a lot of viewers here on LinkedIn. I think we have some on Facebook, too, so thank you. This is the future of now, and I have a hot topic for you. Things have changed uh, how we buy cars. Yes, they have. You may not be aware because you may still be sitting with a car you've had for many years because of supply chain issues and because of parts issues. And you might say, I'm not going to go. But if you decide to get another car, you may find there are other experiences, not the one you're used to. So let me read a little bit of my intro here, and then I will have my four esteemed guests We've got a hot panel today, and they've got a great sense of humor. If you're watching us on on LinkedIn, you can see how smiley they are. So the traditional in-person experience of automotive sales has been alluring. It gives you the opportunity to inhale the new car scent. I know I love that. Examine the shiny power under the hood. If you're a hood person, there you go. Literally kick the tires. That's an old saying, but you can do it. You can ask questions to a real live human being salesperson. Imagine that. And you can feel the road in a test drive. I used to love those test drives on back roads, learning neighborhoods I'd never seen before, deciding how fast I should go with a salesperson in the car. This could liquefy or melt even the coolest showroom visitor but here we go online car sales online i said that are gaining traction yes they are replacing this traditional brick and mortar business model with here's a new model you click it you order it you pick it up you keep it or return it from the kiosk and the automotive industry hasn't quite been ready for this so let me give you some statistics here this is from abcnews.go.com Nearly 30% of U.S. new car sales in 2020, now here we are in August 2022, not that long ago, were completed online. 30% compared to 2% before the pandemic. Oh my, that was just a year or two before. The car shopping experience took less time. It was more efficient. The number of dealerships people visited and the amount of time spent plummeted in 2020. I have another couple of stats for you. An Accenture report found that 53% of car buyers would consider buying a car online. Panel, just raise your hands. Would you consider buying a car online, my panel? Yes? Oh, all of them. Interesting. Very, very. I tried. I didn't like it, though. Okay, would consider. Now, that was reported in Reader's Digest, believe it or not, reported in an Accenture report. Okay, McKinsey reports that prospective buyers are less inclined to want to interact with sellers at car dealerships. And this shocked me, especially for consumers age 55 to 70. They don't want to talk to a real salesperson. I was surprised by that. Okay, that's from McKinsey. And I have a couple more stats. The Swedish electric performance car brand Polestar, Volvo owns 50%, is focusing on a digital first retail method 
and they have company-owned retail stores in city centers selling directly to consumers. That's one. Volvo's electric C40 recharge compact SUV, that's a mouthful, will only be sold online. How about that? And we've all heard of Carvana, the online car realtor with the yeah, retailer with the car with the kiosks. They sold 244,111 cars in 2020, and that was a 37% jump from 2019. So panelists, I'm going to call your name and say where you're from. Would you please just wave hello to our audience? So we have Daniel Grimm at SAP. Welcome, Daniel. It's been a while. Happy to have you here. We have Gunter Lasser at Proaxia. Hello, Gunter. How are you? Hi, we have Mr. Raju, yes, one combo Raju, but I'm told only to call him Raju at SAP, longtime panelist on many of my shows. And we have Christos Maglucides at One Dealer. Hello, Christos, there you are. Glad to have you. And I'm going to ask them for their take on the future of automotive retail and technology. How will you buy a car tomorrow? There you go. Let me just share a quick story about how I bought my car that's sitting in my garage right now. On April 24th, 2021, I was in what should have been a fatal car accident. In the rain, 75 miles an hour, car lost traction, went across three lanes of traffic, high speed, landed against a guardrail. I was not injured. The car was legally totaled. Okay, we won't go into the details. Missed my car, gorgeous 370Z, white, red leather, convertible, absolutely loved it, 30,000 miles. Cried, I cried, cried. had to be totaled. Couldn't find a car. You can't get those cars anymore. Carvana, those cars are sold before the pictures go online. Bingo, bingo. Everybody wants them, right? That's what, they don't make the convertible anymore. Driving from car dealer to car dealer. Pulled up at a Ford dealer. Why did I pull up at a Ford dealer? I didn't want an American car. Sorry. I wanted, I wanted a sports car. Young man in a golf cart pulls up to the front where I'm standing in front of the dealership and he says, may I help you? I said, do you work here? He said, yeah, I work here. I'm a salesperson. So what are you looking for? I said, two seater convertible, black or white, low mileage, no smoker, automatic. Pulls up his iPad and he says, I think I have the car for you. Give me 10 minutes. He had a black BMW, whatever it is, S, S3, 300i convertible, black, absolutely gorgeous with about 20,000 miles on it, 10 minutes away at another dealership sitting on the lot. It was on his iPad. It was as though I was buying the car online, Gunter. It was amazing. He pulled the car up. He gave me a test drive. I went in and gave him a check. <laughs> I didn't even have the insurance money from the other car. I wrote him a check for over $50,000. I had been saving my money. And I bought that car and they delivered it to my house the next day and gave me a driving lesson because this is not a car it's a computer on four wheels totally different driving experience so that's my so that was a combination i think of a little bit of buying online because the gentleman found it on his ipad for me somewhere else but i bought it at brick and, and a brick and mortar experience so let's go around the table thanks for indulging me i was just thinking about that and i i love the car i had to learn how to drive it though the settings were Wow, that's like going back to college for a new tech course. Anyway, let's go around the table. Daniel Grimm, you're up first. Daniel, I'm guessing since you were on one of my Game Changer shows, I'm guessing there might be 12.3 people in the world who don't know who you are. 
would you please talk to those 12.3 people? Probably the same for all of you. Talk to them and tell them what you what you do. Why are you passionate about this topic? Daniel Grimm, I'm going to take a risk and put you on speaker view and hope that hope that we don't freeze. So go ahead, Daniel, please introduce yourself. And what's your passion for the topic today? Yeah. First of all, thanks, Bonnie, for, for introducing me. I'm working for SAP, um, SA in, in, in Waldorf, Germany. So we are a global software provider, software um, um, provider. And of course, one of our most important topics are the industries. Um, I work there as a solution expert in the industry business unit for our automotive, which is a team of global automotive um, industry experts. And then Raju um, is one of my yeah, um, colleagues here in this team. Um, team. Um, in my role, I'm responsible for the solution portfolio models for customer experience, sales and after sales topics. And actually in this role, I collaborate um, with industry peers, with customers, with partners, two of them are here in the call. So happy to, to have Günther and Christos in the call as well. So we are family. Um, we share one one vision, which is kind of a hint also to my um, um, quote that I will later on, um, or that will you probably um, introduce. And exactly, we, we, we together really want to help our customers in the automotive retail um, industry to, yeah, to be the champions. And maybe a few words to myself, why I'm passionate about this topic. Please. Um, because the times are so, so, um, so, so, or never been so full of change and disruption as we see today. And that is also a very special time or very interesting time um, in the software industry because we try to help our customers with software to really, um, yeah, to, to, to win this game, to win this race. Um, and um, privately, last but not least, I'm enjoying sports, mainly hiking, racing, uh, race bicycling, skiing, or yeah, swimming, for example. And of course, music, best live music. And, and that's, yeah, I enjoy together with my wife, two kids and two dogs. Thank you very much. And quickly, what's your thought? Would you buy a car online, totally online, Daniel, yes or no? In Germany, I would say Jein. Um, it depends, to be honest. Okay. Um, I would that, say that's good. We'll, we'll get to that later. I want to go around the table and get more introductions, but thank you very much. Next up, Gunter Lasser. There you are. Gunter, I'm going to try and put you on speaker view. Same 12.3 people don't remember who you are. Seriously, shame right. on them. I guess those are the same who don't know Daniel, um, being from the same breed. Um, more or less focusing on automotive and IT my entire life, and that is already quite long. Um, I'm belonging to those 55 to something group. Um, being with Proaxia, um, which is more or less a partner dedicated to discrete manufacturing, obviously automotive is a topic I'm focusing on, and we are a partner with SAP for many, many years. Actually, SAP is our center of the universe. We are integrating our solution into the SAP world. Um, myself joined Proaxia in 2015, came from the SAP world, did exactly what Daniel was talking about with the industry business unit, and before was with an automotive supplier. So actually, I have to admit automotive my entire life up and down and yeah for me manufacturing industry is still 
the only real industry because you can really uh, kick tires. You have the opportunity um, to really more or less um, yeah, grab things and see manufacturing. Look, we blokes love to see something moving. A uh, robot is doing the welding and is smelling and is thinking. That is exactly what we like to see. Um, I would buy a car online if it's within my brand. If it's something completely new, I would like to touch and see and drive it. So it's like a yine like Daniel said. Thank you very much. And I understand when you buy a car online from one of these kiosks where they deliver it to a place near you, you get something like four days and X number of miles to try it out. And then you can bring it back to the kiosk and say, nah, not what I was looking for. I probably would have done that if they'd have had the car I was looking for. But as I said, those were those sports cars are snatched up so quickly. It barely was listed even without the not the stock photo with the real photos and they were sold. Just, just like that. It's very competitive from the buying experience perspective. Christos, welcome to the show. Christos, are you unfrozen right now? I think you're going back and forth. There you are. Christos, I'm going to take a risk and put you on speaker view. And would you please <laughs> introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what One Dealer does and what's your passion for the topic? Christos, welcome. Hi. Uh, One Dealer does digital transformation for retail networks. So, the topic of today's show is in the heart of what One Dealer does and also the reason why I joined One Dealer because I come from the automotive uh, uh, retail in that uh, we do not address the challenges of beloved domain and this nice people uh, taking care of customers of who want to buy cars. So my passion is to address digital transformation in a way that the customers are very happy when they buy their cars online and they are really satisfied when they buy, uh, buy cars online. And uh, as far as I would like uh, to buy a car online, yes, the experience. Thank you, Christos. You're breaking up, but we could hear bits yeah. and pieces, and I think we got enough of what you Are you saying, still so. with me? Oh, yes, we're with you, and you're with us. You're just physically frozen on the screen, but we heard most of what you said. It was a little digitized, but uh, Gunter, that was, that was Christos. Thank you, Christos. All good. We're all good. Raju, you're up next. Reintroduce yourself. What have you been up to? What's your passion? Where would you buy your next car? Go ahead. So thank you, Bonnie, for uh, inviting uh, inviting me to the show. And it's exciting to see uh, old colleagues and partners and uh, friends here in the call. So just uh, like what Daniel said, I'm also part of SAP in the industry business unit automotive and been with SAP focusing on this uh, sales service and after sales space for a long time. And that's what interests me uh, in the sense uh, automotive is going through a big transformation. Uh, with the last, I would say, five, 10 years, and it's the last two years has accelerated. So just a personal experience from where we were, uh, you know, you could not go physically to the stores. So, so I had a challenge of getting my car serviced, 
and they came they picked the car did the service and brought it back i didn't have to do anything and everything was online so i didn't and this was i would say a fantastic experience for me because i was i didn't have to do any other thing except for handing over the keys and even that could have been done you know uh you know in a in a non non touch <laughs> approach as well so it was pretty exciting so when i think about what would be my next experience i've been looking for that digital experience and i would go for a complete online experience and and that's what uh, like daniel said we want to help our customers to drive to that next transformation at like christos and uh, gunter you know how they positioned you know it, there are these opportunities now and the technology exists to deliver those experiences so that's what drives me and my passion on this topic thank you very much it, it was very interesting to me when i was looking for that replacement car that i went to dealers in in person and i told them what i was looking for they had absolutely very little interest in helping me uh, one woman said okay write down your name and phone number she gave me a sticky note this big and i wrote my name and she stuck it on the corner of her desk no intake form nothing and i left there and that was the brand of the car i ended up buying from the ford dealer it was a bmw dealer and she didn't want to talk to me and the kid in the golf cart at the ford dealer sold me a used BMW from the same dealership it was sitting at their at their another branch of the dealer who has five different retail stores it was sitting in the lot at another branch two miles away from the ford dealer and the bmw dealer in the same ownership didn't want to talk to me now seriously is that confusing and disappointing but i like the car here we go somebody's got a lot of popping on their microphone is that me are you all hearing hearing popping are we good no no okay, i'm hearing it no. okay good so let's go on to the opening quotes i have some background here i'll read your quote i'll read a little background take about two minutes and tell us what in the world it has to do with the topic today daniel grimm has sent us a quote from we are the champions british rock band queen their sixth album news of the world issued in 1977 though it's a long time ago uh in 2011 you won't believe this daniel in 2011, a team of scientific researchers concluded that this song was the catchiest song in the history of popular music. Do you believe that? I'm not sure. I believe. Yeah, actually, I believe it. It's 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 magic. It was written by Freddie Mercury, and it's one of the most recognizable anthems, and it's voted the world's favorite song in 2005 by Sony Ericsson in a world music poll. Here is the the line Daniel has selected. But it's been no bed of roses, no pleasure cruise. I consider it a challenge before the whole human race, and I ain't gonna lose. Daniel, relate this to our topic. Take two minutes, please. Go ahead. Love the quote. Okay, Bonnie, don't stop me now while I try to answer your question and put me somehow under pressure. So, you know, Queen stands for long-term success, passion, loyal fans, millions of fans worldwide. And, and I had the, the, the luck that I last week saw a concert of Mike Martell. He's the voice of this this um, famous Queen movie that went through the uh, movie theaters uh, a few years ago, actually in my hometown. And that was just way re reigniting the flame for Queen. That, that was, I mean, it's, it's an old band, but the songs are more alive than ever. And I think this, this, this thing is somehow also 
can you can transfer to the automotive industry in general if you have a good brand if you have a make if you have people in in the in the showrooms in the dealerships or in the IT department that are passionate about that job that are that want to that are yeah customer crazy that that are also practicing that are doing hard work then they will work then they will be champions but like the song text says um it is not a matter of roses. It's also not a pleasure cruise, but it's really hard work. And I think this is the essence that is always true. Be it in, in the showroom, be it in the IT department, be it in the repair um, area, um, be it digital or physical or personal, it's always, it's not a pleasure of a uh, bed of roses. And that's, that's my yeah, take. Thank you very much. I like the quote a lot. And you know, the song was written to be sung by lots and lots of people. And Freddie Mercury said as much, We Are the Champions was meant to be expressed by the audience as they sang along. So it was intended that way. Thank you so much, Daniel. Really appreciate the quote. Gunter, you have sent a quote from John Lennon's Imagine, his second studio album, 1977. Looks like we're doing music in the 70s here. It's the best-selling album of his solo career encouraging listeners to imagine a world of peace without materialism, without borders, without neighboring nations not being separated, without religion. That was the controversial part. Much of the lyrics and content came from his wife, Yoko Ono, who was not credited. And before he died in 2017, he was in the process of finally giving her credit. Why? I don't know. This song was named to uh, 1999, ranked number 30 on RIA's 365 Songs of the Century. It got a Grammy Hall of Fame award. It was on Rock and Roll of Fame's Hall of Fame's 500 Songs That Shaped Rock and Roll. And it made the Guinness World Records British hit singles book in 2002, the second best single of all time and it's played in new year's on new year's eve before the ball drops in times square here is the line everybody knows this you may say i'm a dreamer but i'm not the only one gunter two minutes talk to me yeah and i need to say it's not just john lennon it's the beatles which more or less where the roots go back i guess the year i'm born it was more or less in the beginning when you get over the soft songs, you get into Led Zeppelin or you get into the Beatles. That was the start. For me, the John Lennon Imagine is still, because I think we have so many dream killers also in our industry. When you talk about digital transformation, when you talk about innovations, people are like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Not in our country, not in our reach, not in our brand, not and and and. There are always a lot of concerns and points raised. And I think um, even though a lot of people were hit by the pandemic, I see it as a huge positive accelerator that people are rethinking a lot of topics as Raju had to do. Because normally he would go to the shop, uh, drop his car for the service, take three or 11 beers in the meantime till the car is ready to drive back. Um, that changed because he had to go to his fridge to get his beer can um, because he was at home and the car was on service. And I think that is where now we see models we could not imagine, as you said, Bonnie, like 30% is now online buying. Um, it was two or 3% like two or three years before. It's an increase. It's like not doubling. It's not tripling. It's 15 times higher. And I think that is, can you imagine? And I think that is where we have to stay open for digital transformation. And it's beyond just having online and and the opportunity. I think the 
business model as such is currently uh, under scrutiny in a positive way. Thank you very it's much. Only one minute fifty. Sorry for not feeling. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. You know, Im- imagine if you would have said to someone five years ago, eight years ago, imagine that you could buy a car online. Imagine exactly. that, Gunter, just the one, the title of the song. Imagine that you wouldn't have to go to a dealer. Imagine that you could click and something would be delivered to you. Raju, imagine that you just give someone the keys and they would go service your car and bring it back. Imagine. Yeah. That could have been the title of the show. Imagine how we're buying and servicing cars today. Thank you, Gunter. I appreciate that. Christos, let's try you again. Here we are. This is a quote. Oh, I just, I no, I'm all fine. My, uh, my. Word document tends to freeze a little bit. The quote is from Sherlock Holmes, The Return of Sherlock Holmes, a 1929 film, American mystery adventure film, and the movie actually had sound in 1929. Sherlock Holmes is played by Basil Rathbone, and apparently Sherlock never said this line, Christos, in any of the 56 stories and four novels written by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. But readers and enthusiasts of Sherlock Holmes put this line together. They wanted him to say it, and it was put into the movie script, but it was not in any of the books. The the closing quote of the movie is Watson says, amazing Holmes, and Holmes says, elementary, my dear Watson, elementary. So Christos, that's a little bit about the quote. I'm put at risk. I'm putting you on speaker view. I think you're back with us. Please tell us what does this have to do with our topic today? Christos. Did he drop? It has to do because this topic today is about prediction. Predictions and predictions you can observe what people are doing today. If you observe what people are doing today, Holmes did nothing more than that. That's why I chose this quote for you today. Thank you very to predict, much. We yep. need to just understand what people are doing. And what people are doing is they like to sit on their sofa. <laughs> yeah. And sitting on their sofa, they will buy their cars, they will let their car- Couch surfing with the, with the net surfing, with the car surfing. Absolutely. Christos, we have lost your audio. We've lost your picture. So I'm going to move on. But we got the point of your quote. And I thank you very much. That was very well done for the brief brief time. Gunter, it's not you. It's Christos. For the brief amount we got from you. Uh, Christos, if you want to drop off and come back in again, I'll let you back into the room because we're losing you. So I'm going to move on. Thank you so much, Raju. I'm looking at your quote. This is said from by Duncan Idaho, the sword master of House Atreides. I hope I said that right. Played by Jason Momoa. The movie is Dune. Much more recent than the song quotes we've been getting. 2021 epic science fiction sci-fi film. Uh, Let's see. Set in the distant future, it follows Paul as his family 
The noble house, Atreides, is thrust into a war for the deadly and inhospitable desert planner, Arrakis. It stars Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin. I know some of these names. Stel- Stellan Skarsgård, Dave Batista. Wow. Uh, on and on and on. Charlotte Rampling and Javier Bardem. It's one of the top 10 films of 2021, according to the National Board of Review and American Film Institute. And it won six Academy Awards at the 94th Ceremony the most of any film that year. So here's the quote. Dreams make good stories, but everything important happens when we're awake. Raju, talk to me. So, so this is a very interesting quote. And, you know, I was <clears throat> uh, forced to watch the movie based on my daughter's, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, reading the books and then watching the movie, I think the day one when it was released. So they made sure that we go and watch it. And uh, one of the things, of course, this quote makes a lot of sense and it dovetails to what Gunter said also. Uh, the last couple of years, we have seen this dramatic shift in how we as consumer behave as well as what the industry and the technology is providing us. So even though we say that, you know, you can imagine, uh, like uh, Gunter said, you can dream, but what happens is, what happens in the real world so if you if you see the movie the 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 main character the protagonist timothy chalamet dreams of what is happening in the future and he's kind of preparing himself but duncan idaho is telling them don't worry about the dreams think about what you need to do now and that's what i would say is, is what the industry needs to go through and that's that's exactly what dovetails to all the all the other things my panelists have said here you know, the industry and the and and a lot of the players in the system ecosystem are transforming, and that's where the tools and technologies are coming into play to create that ultimate experience of you know what you did with your experience with the with the person who sold you that used car, and for me the service experience you know it was it was completely different, uh, uh, almost uh, uh, I would say surfing almost yeah <laughs> I was able to do that. Thank you very much. Very interesting. Gentlemen, I want to thank you for the quotes. I know you put a lot of effort into those, and I appreciate them. It's always fun to revisit those songs and revisit those movies. So thank you. Let's move into our predictions cycle of the show. I have put predictions. I've selected one for Daniel, one for Gunter, one for um, one for Christos, and I'll get to yours, Raju, in a second. They're in private chats for you. Daniel, let's dissect, let's unpack your prediction number one. I'm going to put you on speaker view, and here's how it will work. If anybody has any comments, Daniel, take about three minutes for this. When Daniel is done explaining and unpacking, if anybody on the panel wants to comment, agree or disagree, or a small use case, very short, wiggle one of your fingers at me. Christos is coming and going here on the screen. Wiggle one of your nice fingers at me, and I will call on you. Otherwise, I will move to a prediction from the next person in line. So here we go. Daniel, premium vehicles come with premium experiences. Let me just read a little. This was very well done. Buyers who are going to own a premium or exclusive car expect premium and exclusive customer experience in every phase of their customer journey on every channel the brand is active. Imagine buying an exclusive sports car and after paying the bill, being treated like a vagabond. So let's talk about this online experience. Daniel, how does this relate? What are you predicting? Go ahead. Exactly. So um, I think oh, and, and believe that today, but also even more in future, there, the, 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 on the one side, the, the, the experiences 
between premium cars and, and, and mass market cars will, will, will differ a lot. Um, why? Because, as I said, premium cars become even more uh, privileged, more more premium that they are um, than they are today. And and that is not only limited to the buying itself, but it's also going beyond. So also during the usage of a car, um, there can be concierge services. You can order tickets out of it. The entertainment system needs to be premium. And of course, most foremost, the service needs to be pre premium as well. And one way um, that can be is, for example, to have also a premium digital experience. But I think, especially in the premium segment, it's also the, the personal treatment. Um, whether this is supported by techn technology, all good. But the personal experience um, um, and the, the regular engagement with the customers and, and with the people that own and use the car is essential. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. So we want to be treated well, right, Daniel? Yep. regardless of the mode, the method by whom I was not happy with the woman who put my name on a sticky note and stuck it on the corner of the desk after making me wait 20 minutes to come and talk to me in the first place at the dealership that should have sold me that car because it was in their purview to find me that car because I found it four days later from a membership of their dealership. It didn't even make any sense. Very insulting. And the car was not cheap. Well, let's leave it at that. Thank you very much. Anybody want to comment on Daniel's prediction or should we move on? No? Okay. I got to know there, Gunter. I'm looking at prediction number four. Interesting. You predict fewer private cars will be sold year over year. The new sold vehicles going into fleets will increase further car ownership and the pride of that status, yes, will erode further. Oh my, is this good or bad? Gunter. Well, let's see. I think that follows what Daniel already said about the premium cars. I think we see a shift from owning a car and having this pride in my driveway to more, uh, call it a usership, um, a kind of made upward is, is really, um, because if you look in certain areas, I think in the future, um, we will see more um, kind of new in yeah i think new approaches of mobility it's we have still the need from a to b um whether you fly whether you take a train or you like to drive your car because you are a, a, a car freak that will stay but does it always mean we have to own a car i think uh, if you look at certain areas cities like singapore or so having the density having millions of people say try to put laws in place which makes it for everybody to buy a car looking more into alternative mobility models and i think that is where it is going when you do have maybe more the fleet approach meaning car share will come um potentially cars you own not just as Günther Lasser you may own with let's say a group of people it's more like a car which is owned in, a, in your building, I think that will come even much more. Because I personally think, for me, I may be wrong, um, the electro car is for me just a preliminary step. Because it's not changing that we have 450,000 cars per day driving through Singapore. It's just from a combustion engine going to an electro vehicle. But you still have the space problem, you have the parking issue, you have still the problem 
that a lot of people are driving single? Why do we have this high occupancy lines in, in Los Angeles or in other cities? Because we try to give those who are combining and driving jointly a kind of incentive. And I think that will be a topic which we see in the future. And I think a lot of people will say, do I really need a private car with insurance, with need a parking, with all the issues we might face? Is it not better going for a car share, going for a different model, um, which allows me to keep my mobility, which I still need, but rethinking, do I need the car as a, yeah, my car, my house, my wife, my boat. I think that is the point. <laughs> my house, it's car, my house, to... my wife, my the wife came. Wife came after the car in the house. I, we I have don't... an automotive session today. <laughs> we are not talking about the harmony or any of those <laughs> things. <laughs> you got, you got me. That, that was very, very. I, I had to call you out on that. I'm sorry. I'm listening. I say, where did he put that? Yes, we we are interesting about car ownership in in my neighborhood here in Durham, North Carolina. You're only, even though we have two car garages, you are only allowed to have one car in the driveway overnight. You're really supposed to park. They feel it would bring down property values if you yeah. display your car in your driveway and no parking on the street at all. But what's interesting is um, that people, I think, who have high-end cars want to show off their cars, right? They're a little bit, Christos, a little bit like, look what I've got. So many people commented on my white sports car with the red leather interior and the red rag top. And then when it wasn't here anymore, people said, I didn't recognize you driving down the street. I said, well, I'm in a black BMW convertible. Now, what happened to that beautiful white car? It was part of my brand. It was part of my yeah. identity. We're, we're talking today about how you buy cars, but also about the sharing. And when you share a car, you don't have, unless you share a really cool car. Anybody want to comment on what Gunter just said before we move on? Everybody good? Daniel, please go yes, ahead. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I totally agree with Günther. What what I think we can yeah, conclude is that, that 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 the choice of options for the customer to own or to run or to use a car, be it be it buying, be it leasing, be it subscribing, whatever, gets broader. But it also means. Um, the choice is also sometimes um, a challenge, let's say that way. We uh, Customers then also need transparency to compare the different offerings. Mm -hmm. um, exactly. And and of course, also IT solutions need to adapt to these um, multiple choices um, car ownership um, can be or can bring in future. Thank yeah. you. And I've read recently that a lot of young people are no longer getting driver's licenses because autonomous cars are coming car sharing, ride sharing, Uber, Lyft, whatever you want to use, right? They don't need to have that ability to drive the car at all. So are they going to buy a car? Probably not. But Gunter, maybe they'd be part of a group that would buy a car to share the car. Gunter, comment? Imagine 10 years ago, when you talk to a person in the beginning, it was where you're coming from, what's your job, what car are you driving? Today, it's more like what iPhone or what Samsung or whatever uh, do you have? I think the uh, mobility device, the gadgets are much higher in, in some generations. They talk about this today, what we talked about, yeah, six-cylinder, four-cylinder diesel, and how is it driving an automatic car? They talk about, yeah, I have the new one with the three cameras, and I can zoom at night. I don't know what. 
I things have changed and and maybe yeah it's much easier to to park an iPhone overnight you can even put 10 in in your driveway um, and I think those points are obviously also driving topics because um, the status symbol car is not such a status symbol anymore and I remember Many years ago, we had a meeting with a sports car uh, producer in Germany. As I said, I think our challenge will be how we can keep the loyalty because mm -hmm. people are seeing the eroding of this status symbol. And that goes back to what also in a study price, what House Coopers did in maybe 10 years ago. 50% are not longer loyal to the brands they are driving. It's not that you start buying whatever brand because your dad or your parents started with it and you just replace your car because it is the way you do it. It's more like today you may go with a Korean car, tomorrow with a Japanese car, and next year you go with American car. It's more like a little bit, I think, maybe it's a wrong uh, comparison, but like an insurance, it's always the fine print at the end and, and the agent who is doing the insurance because Bottom line is, and I know potentially we'll get some uh, uh, feedback from the insurance company, nobody wants to pay. Their business model is to collect our mm -hmm. policy money and not paying back. So it means at the end, it is the service, the personal experience. And I think in a car business, it is moving the same way. You don't care about the BMW. You may care about white and, and red leather seats, but it can be also a different brand and I think that is where we see a significant change and honestly it also will hit us a little bit see more yeah experienced not saying elderly persons that we need to rethink <laughs> our model <laughs> seasoned we're well seasoned by the way we had a car show here in my community about three summers ago it was a brutal day it was like 100 degrees somebody said bring your bring your sports car over so brought it over jacked up the hood opened the the lid on the back and put the top down i had a skirt a dress on and gold high heels and i was the only woman with a sports car this is a 55 plus community i was the only female with <laughs> playing a sports car and men came over and said well you know what's under the hood they're looking at me like look at those red red hair and the gold high heels and does she know about engines i said oh yeah you know i had i didn't know a lot about engines but the women came over it's like is this your car seriously a woman with a sports car really is that your car do you know how to drive i thought okay let me out of here ne never did it again yeah okay so much for that anyway christos let's hope we keep you on so we can hear you this time i'm looking at prediction number three you say dealerships will undergo a great deal of change and diversification. Some will become mainly agents for car usage and mobility services. Some will still provide unique buying and servicing experience to car owners. A great amount of electric car OEMs of various sizes and specializations. Christos, let's see if we can get you a clean audio from you this time. Go ahead. I hope so. I changed the, my internet connection. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Go ahead. So. One is clear, the consumer habits do not change very easily. And the people will still relate their car relationship with their dealership. Because they know the salesman, because their father knew the owner of the company, because it's close to their office or because it's close to their home. The point is, what will these dealerships do now? 
are they going to still sell cars or shall they st uh, sell mobility uh, services like uh, being agents for car sharing companies or being agents for short or long-term rental companies or being agents for uh, flexible leasing companies. This is or being agents for beautiful contracts allowing for valet services for the people who want to move. This is the one direction that uh, dealerships will go if they want to survive. And of course, there will be the dealerships that will still have the quality and the ability to those premium car owners, be it because they can afford it, be, be it because they can, uh, the owners, I mean, because they give high priority to owning their car because they value it as, as a part of their freedom. I, I imagine that in the United States and also in Europe, depending on the age, this will be a group of people and they will be willing to uh, pay the additional cost that comes with having these luxury services because it, it will be more or less a luxury to own a car privately than to share the services of a fleet owner or a mobility service provider. This is about the what will happen to the dealerships. And the other comment in my prediction that uh, how easy it will be to produce electric cars and why these electric car uh, uh, OEMs uh, pop up like mushrooms, some being big, some being small, some being very, very uh, niche market oriented, having just two models, but still being successful. Uh, this has to do because the amount of research needed for efficient combustion engines is completely different than the amount of research needed for uh, being able to produce uh, good electric cars. And since, as you all said, more and more it's about the software and the gadgets, uh, software needs uh, clever software engineers. Yeah. It does not need huge factories. So this is also another thing that is going to happen, that this um, concentration of power to very few OEMs worldwide will uh, get a bit weaker as the electric OEMs emerge and uh, uh, try to have a place in the market. Thank you very much. Any comments on, yes. Uh, Gunter, I'm gonna go to you first and then Raju and Raju, your prediction is coming yeah. up next. Gunter, briefly, go ahead. I think my point where I'm going to is, is the salesperson really such an important lighthouse job in the future that is where i'm struggling with because in my opinion and i was reading an article just recently i don't forgot about the uh, magazine which it was that the first car is sold by a salesperson and then it's the second and ongoing it's sold by the service and the experience and when we look into that the amount of online is growing is a salesperson really uh, such an important animal and jobs 
description of the future? Or is that not really going away? And when you look into the electric vehicle, like the new ones, pole stars, and all those, they start with a kind of, here's my web page, here is it, a virtual drive, um, and that's it. Um, it's quite interesting when we see we work with a few of those brand new, call it startups. Mm -hmm. um, when you talk about the service network and how many dealers do you have, say, look at you, you're coming from outer space. Um, it, it's a little bit of a completely different model, as we know from the classic traditional car brands, and you can name it. So I'm not so sure the salesperson in the future is really so extremely important because otherwise I don't understand how we can improve or increase the, the online sales and at the same time the salesperson is important. I think the salesperson is a job which will be gone, not completely, but so. won't have the importance as it is today. Thank you. And I did walk into some dealerships looking at some other cars before I found the BMW. And one salesperson had no idea even how to unlock the, the trunk or the hatchback. He had no idea where the convertible switch on was. I knew more from re looking at this car online than the kid in the showroom. And it was very frustrating. I was asking him things he had no idea. We're not talking high-end motor stuff. We're talking simple mechanics of how do you open and close the car, move the seat forward and all of that. Raju, I want to make sure we get your prediction in because we only have seven minutes left to the show. But comment on what uh, what Christo said, please, Raju. And yeah, we'll just, your yeah, just a quick comment on what Christo said was, uh, we see a lot of uh, dealer consolidation happening in the United States. So you see the market pressures which are creating these situations. So going back to Gunter's point, there is a need uh, for the dealerships, of course, to exist because of the franchise laws and everything. But still, there is a consolidation because the the profitability of that business is going away. Yeah, and as as he said, you know, the first sale is done by the salesperson, but there is no visibility what happens to that customer afterwards. So. You know that's completely missing and uh, the second point i just wanted to add was you know uh, to survive for the incumbent oems you know they need to have a close alignment with the dealers to survive like otherwise the evs the new startups have already gained a good foothold but they will accelerate i would say you know with their channels Thank you. And you know what? I'm going to switch predictions on you, Raju. I've got you on speaker view. I was going to do about less is more. I'm going to prediction number two. Uh, Daniel, this was similar to the one. If we had time, we would have gone to you. So Raju, let me read it. Bear with me, please. You say industry is driving toward a, toward a sustainable and electrified future. Automotive is seen as a key industry in the center of climate change and decarbonization conversations. Customers are demanding zero emission vehicles, refocusing the automaker's to transition from ICE, internal combustion engines, to hybrid toward EV and BEV, battery electric vehicles, leading them into challenges and opportunities to make vehicles and operations sustainable. I'm gonna give you three and a half full minutes on this, Raju, because this is our last prediction of the day. So I'm not rushing you, go ahead, please. Yeah, so I think uh, the last two years and in the past years you know, has shown climate change uh, topic has become even more real. And I mean, uh, I mean, the, your ownership of a sports car is fine. The question is, you know, what happens as we transition, all of us, yeah? You know, what, where do we see? What do we leave the planet for our kids, you know, and the future generation? So not just our industry, but automotive as one, but automotive is kind of seen as, you know, front and center, like, you know, uh, Gunter talked about the cities, Singapore or others, 
uh, where and there are cities like Detroit where there is no multimodal transportation. Uh, you know, there is no concept of taking people from one place to another in a sustainable way. So what we see and what all the OEMs are pivoting, except for a few who are still on the fence for you know some alternate fuels, there is a shift and the shift is towards an electric future, uh, whether it uh, transition happens you know now in five years or 10 years or 15 years, or maybe to another, another alternate powertrain. But the future, uh, what all the OEMs are gearing towards is how do we make all the steps of these transition more sustainable? Uh, and, and one of the topics, of course, is to uh, provide that vision to the customer, to have that visibility to the customer. Okay, well, what you're buying is truly made in a sustainable way, but okay, what do I do after that? You know, do I get a electricity which is, uh, you know, solar powered or, uh, you know, wind powered, which is again, sustainable or not? So providing that infrastructure to go along with it. So so it is a long chain and it is going it is happening and uh, that's where i think the opportunity lies for uh, the customers uh, our customers for their customers or and for us of course as consumers to be part of that journey and i see uh, there is a huge potential and that's where as we say automotive is never uh, stagnant it's always something exciting happening <laughs> All the time so it's always you know. moving along vroom mm -hmm. vroom vroom i've got about two and a half minutes to close anybody have a quick one or two sentences about what raju shared about sustainability daniel you had a, a i was teeing up your comment about that you want to make a quick comment on raju daniel uh yeah um, i think i mean the, the radio show time is actually too short because this is a topic that could even fill a whole yeah. a whole session for that one. But yeah. yeah, I think that that will also have a major impact on how we will buy cars in the future because um, today it's it's not a, a key topic by selecting a car, uh, but it it will be uh, in, in the near future globally a, a very hot topic how we select the car and how we yeah, run the cars and and cause also the infrastructure topic that will also cause a few headaches for the future to go. But uh, yeah. Well, the implications are really the value system, the values of the person who is making the purchase, right? Or, or uh, Gunter mm -hmm. buying into the group, the group of car who's going to buy a group car or subscribe to, I need this car for, you know, I need the SUV or the, I need the RV to go to the mountains and Bob will get it from Sunday from one to four. And then Mary will get it from Monday to Tuesday to, and, and that kind of a car sharing thing. Yeah. But it really depends on the values of the individual owner and what's important to them. So we can talk about sustainability and ESG and saving the planet and what you want to leave for your kids, but it really depends on it's each of us. But what's interesting is the car is so visible. It's not like yeah. saying, are you green in your home? Are you using the right products? You drive a car, everybody knows whether it's got a combustion engine or not. Let's face it, yeah. right? Yeah. It's pretty obvious. So there's a visibility. Gentlemen, we've got to go. I want to thank all of you so much. I've enjoyed the conversation. Christos, I wish you would change your internet earlier because we struggled to hear you a couple of times, but you really got to your prediction there, Christos, and it was 
perfect. I left you on speaker view, so you have a nice cameo there. So I want to say thank you, Daniel Grimm. Don't go away, gentlemen. I didn't take pictures before, so give me a couple minutes afterwards. Daniel Grimm, thank you so much. Happy driving. Uh, Gunter at Proaxia. Gunter Lasser, thank you. Always wonderful to see you. Such a friendly Likewise. chap. Christos, it's it's wonderful to see you as well. And Raju, what can I thank say? You. It's always, always a treat. Uh, I'm just going to ask all of you to put your finger up like this, and on the count of three, you're going to join me and say, no, no, no. Wag your finger. Come on, practice. One, two, three. One, two, three. No, 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 no. no. And the question is, people say the future is already here. And our answer is no, 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 no. That was yesterday's future. Today's future hasn't happened yet. And we're all here to make it a better one. Bonnie and D signing off. Don't go away, guys. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now.